Hello, Sigma Tau Deltans. This is the November episode of the Sigma Tau Delta Midwestern Regional News. I'm Elle, your student representative. I am Diani, the associate student rep. And now we have Sam. Hi, I'm Sam Tarter. I am I'm just a member of Sigma Tau Delta. I don't hold a position, but I'm happy to be here. Good. So why did you decide to help me out with the podcast? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, so I am pursuing a dual degree in English literature and creative writing here at the University of Evansville. And, you know, I kind of had to step away from Singletel Delta for a bit. I went to Harlickson over the past spring. But while I was over there, I, uh, I got elected to be vice president. And so I've been trying to, you know, represent Singletel Delta and, you know, get us more of a, you know, position and, you know, presence on campus as much as possible. So I hope by doing the podcast that can, you know, spread the word a little bit more. Yeah, very, very cool. So um, for people who don't go to our college, Harlixton is a campus in England. So um, he got to study abroad. And then um, our campus, we have like a few book club meetings and that kind of stuff. So maybe as we continue to do this podcast, we can talk about what we do or what we change a little more for any chapters who might be listening and looking to find ways to um, up engagement or to find new things to do. The first announcement is is mine. I know I've just talked a lot, but... Um, I'm doing a social media takeover on Sigma Tell Delta's Instagram this weekend on Sunday. So by the time I post this, it might have already happened. But still, go ch- go back, check it out, comment, tag me. Um, my Instagram is E-L-L-E dot H-A-R-D-O-I-N. So if you... If you look on there, there's going to be some posts about our, our UE fall concert. We're doing some pieces that use poetry from, um, it's Robert Frost poetry, John Donne, um, and I know there's a few others that I'll talk a bit more about on Sunday, but I just wanted to maybe start a conversation, share an event, and maybe talk about how music can expand on literature. So... I'm really hoping that goes okay. <laughs> um, Roundtables and alumni professional development proposals and research in the round topics have been accepted. Uh, did you guys get a chance to look at the list and see if there were any neat ones or any ones that jumped out, out of here? Yes, I saw, I saw a couple. Okay. Um, there was, so as far as the roundtables go, I thought the Agatha Christie Queen of Crime and Adaptations would be super interesting to check out. Um, like I've always, I've always been a fan of Agatha Christie since I've read, and then there were nine in middle school. So I think just delving deeper in that would be super cool to check out. Oh um, yeah. And humanizing, humanizing AI. I definitely think that's, that'd be super interesting. I wrote a, um, I had I did a presentation um, opposing AI, but I think that if 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 there can be like a a bridge bridge can be if a bridge can be made <laughs> um, to uh, to make AI seem more useful than it is like a threat to to so many different uh, aspects of life, and I think that's that'd be super cool to learn about. No, I totally get that. 
I think a lot of times with new technology, the immediate thought is replacing jobs, and that's what AI is already doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but the Agatha Christie thing, my first internship in a school back when I was an education major, we did Agatha Christie's, and then there were none. And it was so much fun to, like, read the book with the kids and watch everyone, like, think about what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. everybody's read Agatha Christie. I mean... No, let me not say that. Most people have read Agatha Christie or something inspired by her. So that talk's going to be able to reach, I mean, that round table is going to be able to reach anybody, really. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. That all sounds super interesting to me. I, you know, I'm, I'll always take a, an opportunity to shout out a really good film, but I recently just saw The Creator, which is about, you know, AI and kind of like humanizing it in a sense. Um, and so, yeah, any, any time to discuss something like that when it comes to English, I'm super interested in that for sure. AI freaks me out a little bit. It does. Yeah. For me too, as well. I don't know how to use it and I don't know how to make it give me what I want. Yeah. 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 My Mm -hmm. friend recently (laughs) sent me, um, an Instagram reel that was making fun of, uh, chat GPT and he was like, ha ha, you're going to be out of a job. And I was like, stop. It's a little, it's hitting a little too close to home. So yeah. Yeah. I do appreciate, I've noticed a lot on, um, let me like move the mic. I've noticed a lot on social medias and stuff that there's been like very clear, we don't accept AI art on this page. And I really appreciate that. Like, I think absolutely use it for your own recreational purposes in your home. But as soon as it starts getting posted somewhere, then it's like, it's gone too far, in my opinion. But I don't know. This is uh, a bit of a self-plug, but I got accepted for my research in the round proposal. I'm pretty excited. I'm doing a project for my senior year on um, multilingual learners and talking about how with second language acquisition, really something that's integral and that can help them exponentially is them learning to them them gaining literacy in their first language which a lot of people think is backwards but it it's it's proven like scientifically and it's not um often done just because it's hard to find teachers out there who speak spanish haitian creole marshallese or whatever else so that's my Mm -hmm. i'm doing a project over it where i'm hoping to um, give these kids books and their first languages and maybe have some recordings to read it to them. And I'm really excited, um, but this will give me a chance to share that and also just to, like, let uh, a bigger group of English majors, like, maybe put it in their ear that teaching English as a second language, TESOL, is something that we can do. And I think it's very important and very cool, and I'm a little tiny bit a lot passionate about it. um really interesting yeah that's that's been my life for um uh I started learning about it when I got to college and ever since I've latched onto it so I'm really excited to culminate my four years with something that I think is meaningful um did uh the the let me just take a pause there are new convention details out the calendar, the schedule is set. Um, not everything is set in stone. Um, but 
definitely go to the website and check that out if you're debating coming to convention and it'll give you an idea of um, what it looks like, what you're excited about. I'm, I'm excited for the, the student social salon. I think last year was my first convention. Sam, are you planning on coming to convention? I know that since it's literally at home. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So for those of you that don't know, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. That's my hometown. So yeah, any any reason to you know go there, but also you know show my UE friends, my fellow you know Sigma Tau Delta members, I am eager to take up that opportunity. So yeah, I, I will be there. Um, yeah, I, I cannot wait. It's something I'm so looking forward to next semester. And will this be your first convention? It will be. Yes. It's yeah. it's really exciting. exciting. Yeah. Um, the student social salon. The point of that is to hopefully give a space for newcomers and people who have come many times, everybody, to come and hang out, play some games, color, I don't know, do art, and get to know each other. So we're still figuring out how we're going to do that and what we're going to have to do. But um, I'm really excited for that because, honestly, it'll help me meet more people too. A lot of times when you're going to the sessions, I don't know. You're you're raising your hand and you're asking questions and you're talking to the panelists. But um, I feel like moments like the student social salon or waiting in line to get food or waiting in line at the book signing or just passing people in the hallway and chatting. That's when you actually make connections. So pretty excited for that. Um, other new convention details. Uh, some of this isn't new. I think most of us know that Carl Phillips is our keynote speaker, um, but there's an additional keynote speaker and the um, professional development workshop speakers have been posted. Um, I know that Diane picked out a poem to read from uh, Carl Phillips's book at the, what is it? Oh my God! It's not at the war. Then the war. Then, then the, the war. war. Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> so, Downey, if you want to talk a little bit about like just what you thought was interesting about the bio, or maybe skip straight to the book, whatever you want. Yeah. Um. I. Well, as far as Paul Phillips goes, I think he he's just a really interesting author. I think. I don't know when when thinking of literature that talks about like um military experiences i think it's just particularly interesting um because a lot of like vets and stuff you hear don't really like talking about their experiences and i think getting a um an idea of what all of that was like getting insight into that is is really is really cool and um to to see the vulnerability is just it's just really I don't know heartwarming it touches your heart it's really sweet um yeah I chose the poem dirt being dirt the orchard was on fire but that didn't stop him from slowly walking straight into it shirtless you can see where the flames have fully appeared especially his chest but Black by the moon, it almost looked like the latest proof that while decoration is hardly ever necessary, it's rarely meaningless. The tuxedo's corsage, fog when lights scatteredly slipped from behind, bling of a torque, the lone match struck the wind gusts, 
How far is instinct from seeing like belief? Not far, apparently. At what point is believing so close to knowing that any difference between the two isn't worth the fuss, finally? A tamer of wolves tames no foxes, he used to say, as if avoiding the question, but never meaning to. You broke it. Now wear it broken. I thought this poem, I think just the, the image of like a fire throughout is, is so consistent and yeah. it, leaves, it leaves a mark in the reader's mind, like with the, the flames on the shirt, the, the torch, the match, how it goes out with the wind, and even um, the image of the fox giving that like bright orange red color. I, I really liked that. Yeah, he, we just, we just talked a bit more about the book overall. And I think that, um, I think that we talked about like the major themes in the book. So every school time I hear a poem, I'm like waiting to hear something about the body. Cause I feel like throughout mm -hmm. the whole, even though, even though it's not necessarily a cause, like a consistent collection at all times, there are those overarching themes. And I feel like he relates the body to to the map and and um, as something to like both explore, but also he uses the word plunder. And like, so that's what I'm watching. Every single time I read one of his poems now, I'm waiting for some mention of the body. So as soon as you said, I think you said the word chest, I was like, there it is, I found it. At first I wasn't sure um, if I was gonna be able to find a connection. And so far that's been the one that sticks out with me with the way that he deals with his queerness, with the way that he deals with, um, um, I mean, he talks about the forest consistently and he relates the body to nature, I don't know. Those are my thoughts. I really, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm about halfway through. Um, the sessions that he'll be doing is there'll be a conversation, his keynote, and a book signing. So that'll be really exciting. He is a local professor, actually. So um, as far as I, like, as far back I can think of, I think this is the first, like, local keynote speaker we've had to where we're having the convention. So that's... I think that's pretty neat. Um, and then there's Mary Frances Wagner. I really hope I'm saying her name right, but I will talk about her. Um, in reading her bio, um, she was the Missouri Poet Laureate um, for 2021 to 2023, and she's the author of nine books, um, which are all listed on the convention website. And as Poet Laureate, she created the Missouri Haiku, Haiku Project to encourage the writing and dissemination of poetry throughout the state. So I personally haven't encountered any of her work before, um, but it says that her work reflects her home state, but includes themes of nature and of family both of particular importance to her and that she uses her family history and oral tradition as inspiration for many of her works. So that sounds 
really interesting. There'll be a conversation, again, a keynote presentation, and a book signing. So same sort of format as Carl Phillips. Um, and I think one thing I've noticed is every single poet that I've discussed or encountered through Sigma Tau Delta, all of them deal with nature in like a very clear and heavy way. Like we just had the... Um, we just had the key, the, the webinar. We just had the webinar with Ada Limone, the current U.S. poet laureate. I'm like 99% sure. And she like talked a lot about um, her process with writing and how silence is so important and how like she, part of the reason she values nature is because learning more about it and learning more about the local plants and the local trees and and um like what she sees around her she said that when when you take a walk you're you're not noticing all those things and then as soon as you learn about them it's like it's like putting glasses on and you're like noticing all of these things all the time I've never been a super big like I go hiking but I'm not I'm not a learn about the plants kind of person um but that, uh, hearing her talk and reading Carl Phillips's book, and um, I'm sure that Mary Frances Wagner will talk a little bit about it based on the bio, based on her bio, just this continuous discussion of poetry and nature, and I don't know, it makes me want to do those kind of things. It makes me want to learn more and to, um, I don't know, take the time to notice those things. Then there's the professional development workshop speakers. Uh, yeah, so the one that kind of stood out to me, um, and I am unfortunately probably going to mispronounce her name, was Sophia Sari. Yeah, yeah, Sari Gandes. Sweet. Yeah, yeah so Sophia Sari Gandes. Um, so last night I saw Rent, and I did it through the honor program. And so they talked about um, just this um, cultural. I forget the position title, but having somebody, you know, on set through the entire production process that's there to make sure that it's culturally sensitive and culturally accurate. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was a cultural coordinator. It was yeah, I think that's what it was called. Yeah. I saw the interview. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And so the fact that she was saying, like, letting go of literary whiteness is, like, the title of her book. Like, that's, that to me is, like, already, like, I'm already interested in that. Mm -hmm. And it's already kind of speaking to stuff that I, you know, whether it's last night or, you know, in you know, my entire... Um, experience of reading and writing and all that stuff, just discussing these things that in the past have been kind of like pushed under the rug. You know, I think it's important to discuss these things and bring them, bring them up. So the fact that she is going to talk about that, um, to me, it's really interesting. I'm very excited to get into that. Um, I think we as college students are, are constantly um, like coming back to that, coming back to to um, privilege and what that means, and especially as English students, how that affects the literary canon. And so I'm sure that it'll apply to anyone who, who, who comes to convention, and it'll be extremely relevant. I think also that, like, I've noticed, at least, since 2020, since this, this kind of rise in, in Black Lives Matters protests, I think we definitely see... Um, a lot more awareness, at least at the college level, maybe not in the world. Um, 
but I think I definitely see more professors uh, talking about it regardless of their own personal, like their own ethnicity or their own race, which I think is good. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll take this opportunity, um, and this will probably happen later in the podcast as well, but I'm going to take this opportunity to shout out uh, Dr. Mark Trino, who mm-hmm. I am in his American novel class right now. And we just finished reading Passing by Noah Larson. And so that, you know, that whole subject of race and identity and how multiple identity can kind of coincide. Um, but the fact that, you know, he's being bold enough and strong enough and trusting us as his students to talk about these things in the literature um, classes, like, that to me is like, okay, like, if he can do it, I think we all can do it, you know? And, like, the fact that he's mm-hmm. giving us that platform is making, um, you know, her um, sessions sound really interesting to me. So, yeah. Did you see the recent film that came out, the adaptation of it? Yep, yeah, and we talked about that in class, yeah. Some, um, two two of the classmates watched it and gave a presentation on it, and yeah, we that was actually what we just discussed on Tuesday as well, yeah. I, I thought it was really interesting that they chose to do it in black and white, yeah, but agree. it also, like, perfectly oh, for demonstrated sure. everything. Because when you're reading, um, you're, you're not seeing the person. And in, in some ways, that can be beneficial because more and more people can relate to a protagonist. But in so many other ways, it erases diversity in a way. So an author has to be really um, cognizant and purposeful at times with the language that they use, the type of dialect that they're using, um, even like the academic terms to um, portray a specific race or ethnicity in a character. And I've always thought that was really interesting. I don't know. It's something that I've, I've constantly come back to. Like, no, yeah, likewise. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like absolutely. The Lonely Londoners, I can't think of the author's name right now, and I don't know if you've ever read it. Yeah, I, I had to read it um, while it was abroad. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that one stuck out to me, and it was the one book that I read, and I fully, like, I'm, I'm reading, but I, I, I see their color. I can see it because of, of the dialect that he managed to highlight and emphasize in this beautiful way. So. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And then the other, uh, the other session also really stands out to me, Janine uh, Utel's session. Um, yeah, you know, because, and we, you know, we were discussing this the other day, but, you know, I, as a junior, you know, my career and my life outside of college, it's not as impending as it is for others, but it's still something I'm constantly um, you know, considering and thinking about. So the fact that her session is literally entitled How to Talk to you know, Your English and Literature Majors about you know, Future Careers, and the, the phrasing without, of, freaking, without them freaking them out. I love that because so many times there's just like, oh, yeah, you're going to struggle or you might do something else and before you even begin to teach or whatever, right? Um, when that when that just really is not the case. I um, Last fall, I took uh, Dr. Katie Mullins' editing and publishing class mm-hmm. and literally it just turned into just the most eye-opening and inspiring class I've ever taken. And it quite literally, got, it set me up for just, you know, and I'm not saying I have a career in writing, but it got me an internship with a local St. Louis magazine. And I, I would not have done that had it not been for one, you know, the skills that she taught me, but also every single class she was like, you guys are going to be more than okay because you have the skills, you have the capabilities, and you're going to put in the work already. So, um, you know, it's teachers like that that make the job market and, you know, life after college seem a lot less intimidating. So the fact that you know, this session is going to have that Katie Mullins energy. It makes me very excited, you know. 
Right. I'm like very jealous of your college experience, by the way, <laughs> because I, I, I mean, I've mentioned this before many times it comes up. I changed my major from education. So my first two and a half years, we didn't discuss what I was going to do after college. You get a degree in education and then you teach education, teach. That's just what you do. So when I switch my major and there's all of these options, like I'm fully blindsided and I'm just like, just kicking around in the dark, hoping that my foot connects with something that I find interesting. And I don't know, like you just, we'll talk about it more later, but listening to you talk about everything that you do, I'm like, I'm excited for you. Truly, I'm excited for you, <laughs> but I'm also like. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I will, you know, say this a million times over, but I've, I've been truly blessed with all the opportunities that have, you know, come my way through this university and through this department. It's, it's unreal, the type of stuff that I've been able to do out, you know, outside of school, but also, you know, inside of, you know, the university. I'm, we're, and not, this isn't a plug. We can cut this, but I'm working. <laughs> I'm working with um, Elijah Robeson and uh, Mark Corner. They are uh, they're the presidents of Umbrella Film Company here on campus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we're filming my first short film in a couple weeks on December Friday, December first is when we're rolling rolling cameras and going on to production. And it probably won't be finished edited edited until maybe like March or April. But still, we'll it's still be here. Oh yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's just it's the fact that you know I, I come into college and I'm terrified because of everything that had gone on in my life and COVID. And I think everybody was super uncertain. But to come out and like I'm in my junior year and I am making a short film, I'm writing a play, and I'm working on manuscript for a nonfiction book. Plus I have internships that are only calling my name because of the classes that I've had, right? right. And, and the teachers that have given me the skills to go out into the world already, you know, before before college ends. So, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I might dislike you a little bit, just a <laughs> smidge. Yeah. But I like that. Most people do, so it's all good. <laughs> but I like that Janine is taking the time to to um, like face this fear that a lot of college students have and both reassure um, our advisors, our faculty, the people that are supposed to guide us, as well as the second workshop to help us and map our com career pathways. So um, all very exciting. The last podcast that we did for October, it was just me and alone. And Dayani did the wonderful interview for us. But I mentioned the... Um, upcoming registration. So again, a reminder, registration will open for Sigma Tau Delta members, Sigma Kappa Delta members, and guests on January 4th, 2024. So we're getting closer and closer to that date. Keep that in mind. Start thinking about funding. There's tips on the convention website and all of these different opportunities. And then also, if you'd like to advertise your English program, this is more for faculty, but I guess if you're listening and want to push this to your faculty, absolutely do so. Um, the convention direct email campaigns reach over 15,000 current student members and 1,400 faculty advisors in over 770 college and university chapters in the U.S. and abroad. So, um, ads will be accepted on a first-come, first-served basis through December 15th, 2023, which is coming up, or until all advertising space is gone, whichever comes first. So keep that in mind. Dayani, have you looked at the T-shirt the that they're selling at all? I have. It's, I it's haven't. You haven't? 
I it looks it looks so cool. I I'm I'm I will say this. I'm not a huge Hunger Games fan. I have not read any of the books. I've what? seen the original trilogy. No, I it's on my list. Once I graduate college, I'm gonna probably take a year of just reading. Um, Oh, it doesn't. Young, take young adult a year. novels, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Like, like you know, the Hunger Games and the Divergent series, Maze Runner, oh, okay. all that stuff, you know. Um, but no, I, as a big movie buff, I'm trying to see that movie this weekend. And if I if I really enjoy it, I'll probably end up buying. Wait, does sure. it come out this weekend? It came out today. Or Comes last, out today. Last night, yeah. Oh my gosh. So exciting. Yeah, I already okay. have. I'm I already it. have friends that have seen it, and they say that it is. Somebody said it's the best of the franchise. I don't know if it'll beat Catching Fire. But. I haven't read this book yet. I yeah. read all of the Hunger Games books. I think it was when I was in middle school, and I read them in, like, maybe a month, maybe three weeks. I just, like, sped through them. I don't know why I read them as quickly as I did, but I did. And I've read them, like, four times since. <laughs> They're not, like, I'm not... They're not my favorite book series of all time to like at all, but mm-hmm. I do I do like them and I do think that the movies don't do them justice at all, especially with um, the social commentary in the books themselves. So I'm interested to see how this film will turn out. Yeah, I, I also haven't read the books, but I do like the movies, <laughs> and I know I'm, I'm gonna see this one. Yeah. I, I I looked at the shirt. It's very cute. It has the Sigma Tell Delta like branding on the shoulder, and it looks like I'm assuming their names. I'm like, yes. yeah, okay. I didn't. I'm, I'm glad that I was correct on that much. Yeah. There's five names of important characters on the shirt. It looks very like sleek, you know. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. So yeah. I love I love the color of it, and you know, like. You know, if you guys are in any way familiar with the Hunger Games, you know, franchise, you always know that, like, the logos and the pins are always gold. And so the fact that they put it up against, and, you know, and it matches the, you know, the, the design of the of the book mm-hmm. as well. But the fact that they chose a yellow that is so specific and so, like, almost, like, golden, I, I really love it. Wow, you're, like, so in on the details. Um, so those shirts are for sale. The film commemorative T-shirt is available now through December 31st. So keep that in mind. <laughs> um, and then our the most recent Wordy by Nature blog post was Mental Health Representation in Big Mouth. Either of you watch that? My brother is obsessed with it. And a bunch of people tell me that I look like Big Mouth, so I've been meaning to watch it, but I have not gotten around to it yet. I'm 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 with both of you. I don't I don't watch it either. But I have heard lots of good things. It's just every single time somebody brings it up, they're like, Oh, my friend told me this was a funny show and then I watched it and it's not funny at all. But it's a good show because mm-hmm. it talks about a lot of important topics, but don't go into it thinking it's funny. And I'm like, guys, this is too many warnings. I just I can't. <laughs> I just don't watch it myself. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, I've I, I've seen clips and I've seen bits and pieces of it, and the fact that they have, um, yeah, like I, I don't know what they call it. Like, is it like anxiety demons or something like that? The blog itself says it's a great example, or not the blog, the the description of the blog post that was in your footnotes says it's a great example of how depression appears and disappears in Jesse's life, how anxiety can leave someone like Nick unable to complete daily tasks due to intense dread, and how these emotional issue these mental health issues can impact loved ones around us. Yeah, that sounds really heavy for me. 
Yeah, and and I would definitely say topical for sure. Yeah, for me at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, I mean, what what I can say is that um, the other really cool thing about the journal, you know, and you know, this article is the fact that like she's getting it out there. Oh yeah, and like to I don't know, like I talk about representation all the time, whether it's queer representation or you know, grief representation and just, you know, experiences and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, mental health representation is so important. Yeah. I've written, like, essays and stuff on it and, like, especially like, for FYS and all that. But, like, there's so many examples of, like, cliche or bad representation. And, you know, like, you wouldn't expect it from, like, an adult animation series. But, like, they do it so well. They do it right? Yeah, for sure. Well, that's good. I, I'll have to put it on my list. even if Even if it's not, like my my favorite type of comedy i'm gonna have to watch some of it just because everybody's talking about it yeah and the the really nice thing is that from what i hear it's like they're it's the episodes are not too terribly long so it's very digestible for sure um anyways uh so we are the interviewees this month um because yeah well i was I was trying to think of, like, I've started contacting people about, like, would you be interested? What do you think about doing this? So I'm starting to make those future connections. And then I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. you know what we haven't talked about? Ourselves. So, (laughs) Danny, would you like to start? Tell me about your academic and professional career. What was hard? What was easy? (laughs) What was hard? Juggling so many class I mean I'm not taking that many credits but I would say definitely like time management and stuff and having to juggle different different class assignments and oh yeah um, making sure I'm allocating uh enough time to to get stuff done along with um having like other outside responsibilities that was definitely it still is one of one of my biggest challenges. Yeah, and I think um, we'll all find that with whatever job that we do. So I guess it's good to figure it out now in college when hopefully our professors are nicer than our bosses will be. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Um so your major is is like straight English literature, right? English creative writing. English creative writing. Hey, join the club. Yes. Hey, join the club. <laughs> so I'm the only yeah, so English lit person. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What's your minor? I'm minoring in African American studies. Okay, okay. Did you choose that it's like really right off the bat? I actually didn't. I didn't have a minor at first. And then I took, um, I can't remember exactly what class it was. But it really opened my eyes to, like, a lot of stuff about African-American history and um, just the surrounding culture and community that I didn't know about before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew, I grew up in from California. I was born in San Diego. Grew up around um, in, like, a Hispanic community. Um, it was pretty diverse, but I, I didn't grow up... Um, you know, just just learning African-American history or anything like that, really. I mean, you know, there's staples like Martin Luther King Jr., um, Rosa Parks and whatnot, but really delving deep into, like, um, other events surrounding those bigger events um, 
and and whatnot. I didn't learn until I got to Lincoln University. Right. And so just just that experience for me really made me want to learn more. Um, so I made it my um, my minor. And and even so, many of those those like um, important and like oh, what was the word you used? Um, the those 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 people those those big events that supposedly everyone knows about and everybody is taught about. I think even those they're made to like. Now we talk about them in a way to appease ourselves. Like I feel like Martin Luther King Jr. as one example or Malcolm X as another example, they're both, like, played down a little bit. Like, we recognize everything that they've done when we talk about them, but then we ignore, like, the the anger that underlies that, and we invalidate it almost by not recognizing it. I don't know. I've been... Right. We, we were talking about that the other day in a class. I can't remember why, um, but... I think that that would be a really interesting minor to like pull out all of those smaller events and also like see them as their whole truth instead of the, um, I don't know, more populated, more media pushed representation that we have. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you know what you're going to do after college? I'm sure we've talked about this, but I can't remember. Yes, um, I am planning on continuing my education, going to grad school, getting my master's in creative writing, and becoming a creative writing professor. Right, we did talk about that, because I was like, oh, I've done education, you're going to be a professor. That's so exciting. It is. So you're going to have to go to the talks where they talk about English career pathways so that when you're a professor, <laughs> you know how to talk definitely. to all of the scared little undergrads. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, very, very cool. Um, what's your plans for grad school? Do you have like, I know exactly what I'm going to do when I graduate and I know next steps. Are you like nervous? Are you graduating in May? You're graduating in May, right? Funny story, actually. I, um, I thought I was until I got uh, <laughs> email from my advisor saying next fall. So, yeah, I was. I am pretty nervous about after graduation and whatnot. But I think at first I was kind of upset about having another, having to do another semester. Um, but I think the extra time would be nice to kind of help me relax about easing into it and whatnot yeah calmly wrap up those four years that's what I'm yeah that's like my mantra right now it's like okay it's my last year I'm gonna be calm I'm gonna be cool collected and Mm -hmm. I'm going to like culminate all of the knowledge that I've learned which is impossible but that's what I want to do right (laughs) um you're a junior Sam so you're like over here like oh last year that's not me yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I will admit you uh you saying that you want to culminate your you know last year and like make it chill and relax and you know achieve you know achieving something. That's definitely what I'm aspiring to for sure. This is <laughs> by far been my most like challenging academic semester, and next semester will be even worse. But I know that it's all you know 
good because my uh, my senior year mapping it out right now is gonna be it's gonna be great and it's gonna be very fun and professional. <laughs> it's okay. Sam's having mic issues. <laughs> there we go. We fixed it. Okay. Yeah. Um, setting yourself up for a good senior year is the best thing you could be doing right now. Yeah, yeah, I will not be doing anything more than 12 credits, which, yeah, I need that. Make your junior year so stressful (laughs) so that your senior year can be so calm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's Mm -hmm. what I'm doing for sure. Um, so you talked about the St. Louis internship and... You also told me that you just got hired on as a writer for the Embrace marketing team. So share, yes. tell yeah. us all about your experience. Yeah, for sure. So um, the internship that you were talking about. Um, Sorry, is... that was my email again. <laughs> all good. But yeah, yeah, the internship that, that I was talking about is um, Sauce Magazine in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, their office is located in Lafayette Square, which is um, my new hometown. That's where my mom and I just built a new house. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, it was fantastic. It is a food and restaurant based, um, culinary magazine. Oh, okay. And, oh man, it, to say life changing would be an understatement. It, um, it was everything that Dr. Katie Mullins told me and, and more so. Um, it allowed me to do copy editing and it allowed me to do proofreading and a lot of coordination and collaboration when it came to writing articles. It allowed me to really, um, hone my like communication and outreach skills which Mm -hmm. I think like it's now paid off into other job opportunities and positions um but at the end of the day like the best part about it was going out there getting my boots on the ground interviewing people telling their stories and kind of like bringing this new kind of personal perspective to the magazine um a lot of times there were um you know previous articles and, and they were all incredible but a lot of times it would be just simply like getting the facts and getting the data and talking about this restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I would do that a lot, but uh, I also really loved to kind of get a little bit more of, like, the personal part of it. Um, mm-hmm. It just kind of just so happened that I think about four or five people that I interviewed about the restaurants, they were, like, couples that were going into business together. And so I really wanted to, like, sit down and interview them both at the same time, which was really nice, and kind of get this, like, perspective of like why did you guys go into it together did you guys have like a love of food that kind of brought you into this restaurant business like what's the dynamic and the coordination and the roles kind of been between the two of you and you know I had to do it like five times and but each time I did it it just got better and better and better and um yeah I just really loved getting that kind of insight into you know the St. Louis culinary world so what you're saying is when we go to St. Louis and we're looking for good restaurants, check out Sauced? Yeah, 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 Sauce, <laughs> S-A-U-C-E magazine. And it, yeah, if you, if, you, if you put my name in the search bar, you'll find like the 18 articles I, I wrote and stuff. And yeah, the, a lot of them are really awesome. great restaurants, yeah. Um, uh, the one that I went to when I was in St. Louis, it's called, um, ooh, is it Salt and Smoke? Does yes. that sound familiar? Oh, yeah. Salt oh. and Smoke is phenomenal. It I is... highly recommend it. Yeah. Anyone listening, Dayani, when you get there, we're going. It yeah. is so good. Yeah. But it's the first yeah. first place we're checking out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You got to get their uh, white, what is it? It's white cheddar cracker mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. They, like, mm-hmm. cook mm-hmm. Ritz crackers into it. It is, I think it's one, what? like, I think it's one, like, mac and cheese of the year for some St. Louis 
award or whatever, it is it is to die for. It is unreal. Well, I'd heard that like St. Louis barbecue is like specific, and I'm like, okay, I'm in St. Louis. I have to get St. Louis barbecue. Mm-hmm. So I went to Salt and Smoke, and it's Texas style barbecue. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that's the thing is that Salt and Smoke is it's not your traditional St. Louis stuff, but it's. In my opinion, it's the best that you can get. It's so good. I've been thinking about those ribs ever since I left. Yeah, yeah. They had this, like, <laughs> fried, like, jalapeno and cheddar bologna, and it is, oh, it's unreal. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, be aware, though. Um, my table did get fried pickles. I did expect them to be dill. I did take a bite and was severely disappointed. They use, oh, what are they called? Butter, bread. butter and bread? Yeah, yeah, bread and butter oh, pickles. Yeah. no. Yeah, that is, that is the number one crime of salt and smoke is that they don't make dill pickle chips for their fried. So sauce, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, other than that, I mean, not much else has happened since then. But next semester, I um, here I'll get closer to the mic. That way, it sounds better. Next semester, <laughs> I begin working for um, Embrace, which is a student-run marketing communications company on campus. It's also a change lab. And yeah, so they hired me as their writer. Um, I've not begun training yet, so I'm not 100% certain on like everything that, that I'm going to be doing. But I do know that it's going to be a lot of business writing and a lot of communication, which I'm very interested in. Um, and the university has this year-long online master's program, and it's like a master's in leadership. And you can get an emphasis in nonprofit work. Mm-hmm. And that nonprofit work is something I'm super interested in. Um, and I think that Embrace is going to be doing a lot of orga- organization and communication with nonprofits. So to like get my foot in the door with that before I potentially like do even more education is it's it's incredible. I can't wait. Um, I guess it's my turn. Um, yes. So I switched from education because of various health issues that make handling a room of roughly 25 kids all day long, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., not feasible. (laughs) Um, But I'm doing an internship at a local elementary school right now, and I'm working with um, multilingual learners, so I'm working in an ESL classroom, and I'm absolutely loving it. If If my body could handle it, I would absolutely become a teacher right out of the gate. But um, unfortunately, the environment for teachers is something that you really have to be prepared to step into, um, both physically and mentally, and I just don't think I'm to that point yet. So anybody listening that is an education major, don't quit, because I did. Absolutely do it. If you have the passion for it, that's the people we need doing it. I just, um, it wasn't as feasible for me, because I have different limitations, but um English literature. So um, everybody tells you to immediately learn copywriting because everybody's going to need a copy editor, a copywriter, whatever. And I did an internship with our marketing department, and I did that for a little while. Um, It was interesting. I worked on some really cool projects. So like my college's um, brochure for our English department I was pretty involved in creating that, and that was really fun for me. I got to interview our most prominent creative writing professor, Katie Mullins, and that was fun. Um, So I got some really good experiences, and I made some good connections with that department. Um, 
but I'm not sure it was something that I was like, I didn't, before my internship, I wasn't like, oh, yay, I get to go to, I wasn't excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what really excites me is I'm like, I'm very focused on a lot of people that I've talked to and that have gotten to know me. They're like, when I tell them I'm not going into teaching, they're, they always tell me, okay, go straight to advocacy. Like, just, just step over that, that, that step right now and just go straight to advocacy. So I have started making connections with nonprofits. That's why when you were like, I'm going to get my foot in the door early, I was like, yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we just had a nonprofit fair on campus this week. So I was able, yeah, you missed it. Yeah, I, I definitely missed that. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. If I would have known you were interested, oh, I would have yeah, messaged it's, you. It's but, all good. It's all good. But I'm lucky that my the the city that my college is in, Evansville, has a pretty good like we have a lot of nonprofits in the area, and they're all super collaborative, and they work together. And everybody that I've met that is working on these local teams, they're like incredibly friendly, and they they want to share what they're doing with you, and they want to get you involved, and um, which, I mean, of course they want to get you involved, but that's, that's been really interesting and exciting to get out there and meet all those different people and start thinking about where I could see myself and what that'll look like. So I am pretty nervous and excited about what comes next. We will see. We will see. I know it'll be fine. Yeah, and either way, you're going to do great. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's our, what we do for careers when we don't have one yet, <laughs> but we're getting there. We have plans, all three of us. <laughs> um, is there anything else you guys wanted to mention that I might have missed or um, anything you wanted to add? Yeah. Um, the, uh, the round tables. Yeah. Some of those... Um, a couple of those that I thought seemed really cool. Um, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure that he's talking about the Dune that I know and love, but there's one entitled Ways Change, Culture and Ecology in Flux in Dune, which, you know, obviously, like, in Flux is, you know, the conference or the convention's theme. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But Frank Herbert's Dune is my all-time favorite book. I love that thing more than I can even express. Um, Dune Part 2 was supposed to come out, like, two Fridays ago, so rest in peace. But it's coming out in March, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, you know, we got we had to we had to get, you know, our writers and actors, you know, the fair wages and thankfully that happened. So if you know if doing getting pushed back means that you know that happened, I'm okay with that. Right. Uh, but yeah, so that I, I think that's that's gonna be really interesting, like to have that and to talk about that before, you know, Dune Part Two comes out. It's very exciting for me. Um yeah. And then other than that, I mean, you know, more film stuff. There's one uh, literally entitled Are You Barbie's Mother, which, like, that, that's mm-hmm. definitely, you know, topical for right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that, that just sounds really interesting. And, yeah, like, always talking about, like, you know, women writers or women characters and, you know, just, like, you know. Especially with what, with what is going on politically. Exactly, I think yeah. the focus is definitely deserved. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And so I'm, I'm just I'm so excited to have an entire roundtable dedicated to that. I think it's... It's a topic that needs um, more of a foundation, more of a platform. So the fact that Simitel Delta is giving that um, to that topic, it just makes me so, so excited. 
other than that, um, you know, kind of, I think, I think it's talking about, um, yeah, yeah, it says in the, in the topic, career development for English majors. There's one entitled Paper Plastic, So You're an English Major. You know, it's one thing to have, you know, like the, what 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 were they called again? It was, oh, you know, uh, the professional development speakers, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like like that's that's very you know interesting and you know definitely useful. And then roundtables are even more accessible. So to have mm-hmm. both outlets for somebody that can't make it to both, that to me, um, it makes it makes me really happy. And like the roundtable is going to be a much more like focused. Um, not that roundtables aren't focused, but it allows for a lot more of like personal sharing and like collaboration. And when I think of what her session is going to look like, I, I mean, I don't know, but I'm assuming it's going to be more um, like, oh, what's that word? Lecture based. So we will see. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then the one that. Uh, man, I I really hope I can attend it. Is the uh, New Jersey Literature in Flux? Forget about it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Dr. Mark Trino is uh, planning on attending the the convention. If he is, him and I are attending that for sure. We are <laughs> we are going to soak that in, and it'll it'll be fun. Yeah, that'll that that's definitely his cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I my like biggest like issue in coming to convention is there are so many things that I'm interested yep. in and I want to go to all of them. Yeah. And now being a student leader, it's like what I can do is even more like smushed. I don't have as much room. So, um, well, we'll see about how that turns out. But, um, yeah. Ooh, I was just looking at the uh, research in the roundtable acceptances, and Kelly Taylor, which is, she's the student representative for the Far West region, I think. I'm pretty sure it's Far West. And she got accepted, too. So, um, if you want to learn... I know, congrats, Kelly. I'll message you later. <laughs> but um, if you want to meet two student leaders, myself and Kelly, in an environment where you get to hear about what we decided to bring and what we're passionate about and talk with us about a topic, absolutely go. Um, yeah. Okay. I think that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, If you have any suggestions for something you'd love to hear us talk about, or if you have an event you'd like to highlight, or really just if you have a question, you can email me or Dayani. Um, Our emails should be on the website, but just as a reminder, my email is abwmwsr at wordybynature.org and Dayani's is the same except it's mwasr right? okay good Um, okay thank you bye see you next month